This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I'm talking to you today about love. Amen. Since this is, uh, you know, Valentine's Sunday, glory to God. And uh, the, the title of my message is Keys to Love Like God. Keys to Love Like God. God is a relational God. Amen. Jesus is a relational Jesus, and we need to learn to be relational people. I'm going to say again, a lot of times we are so busy, wrapped up in our own selves, doing our own things, we don't have time to build relationships with other people. Or even sometimes we, we get too busy for God. And I'm going to say this, you can't get too busy to build your relationship with God or to build your relationship with other people, glory to God. So relationships is the glue that holds each one of us into the church, amen? And, uh, and, and, and relationships is, is the key. God created us for relationships. And our relationship with God and with people will determine the course of our lives. Do you believe that today? The, the Bible says one of the greatest sins that we could walk in as people of God is unforgiveness. That's one of the greatest sins. You think adultery. You'll think stealing. No, no. The greatest sin is unforgiveness. I preached a message on love one time and I said love, the, the um, definition of love is giving and forgiving. That's the definition of God's love is giving. Somebody say giving and forgiving. And so if you if you want to stay close to God, you always want to be quick to repent. Amen. Quick to believe and quick to forgive. Amen. Those are the three keys. Amen. Quick to repent. Turn to God when, when things when you know you're not doing things right. Amen. Quick to believe that God forgives you. And quick to repent. Amen. And so I want to focus this morning on five keys that will help us to be like God, to walk in the God kind of love. And, and, and these keys can be uh, connected to our relationship with our spouse. If you're married, you can use these keys. You can use these keys if you have good friends and you're single. Amen. So these keys will work in any arena of your life, no matter where you're at. And so the first key to walking in the God kind of love uh, is words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always love a compliment. Does anybody love a compliment out here? Uh, you know, I, I love, somebody told me they liked what I wore today, my, my pink shirt, my pink and black, amen? Can, can real men wear pink, Amen. And uh, so, and, and somebody gave me a compliment today on my pink and black. And it seems like the ladies really like that pink. And I'm trying to match my wife. She was wearing pink today. Amen. And, uh, and so, I'm uh, trying to get, get some points with my wife. Is that all right? But anyway, uh, so words of affirmation. And, and uh, when was the last time, let me ask you a question, that you gave a sincere compliment to somebody? When was the last time that you gave a sincere compliment maybe to your spouse? Amen. And sometimes we tend to nitpick uh, in our relationships. We tend to look at the negatives instead of the positives. (laughs) 
But I want to I want to encourage you uh, to look at the positives and not the negatives. Look at what people are doing well, not what they're what they may not doing too good. Amen. So you want to you want to focus on and and focus on the positives of people. Amen. And a sincere compliment uh, can add to somebody's bucket. Uh, when we are uh, when we are not given sincere compliments, or if we're complaining, that takes away from people's bucket. But I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that adds to people's buckets of joy and happiness. So a compliment can actually enhance somebody. Can you never know where people are at in their life? You don't know what the struggle struggles people are going through, and just a sincere compliment can bring them into another level of what I call abundant life. Amen. The Bible is full of words of affirmation to bring us a place where God reveals His love for us. The Bible is God's love letter to us. When we study it, we should see how God feels about us. It, it, you know, it's not a book of rules and regulations. Some people look at the Bible as, well, it's, it's, a, it's a book that tells me what I got to do and what I can't do. No, no, the Bible is really full of God's words that tells us if we choose life, we will choose abundance in our life. Amen. He gives us choices. Amen. And I love what it says in Psalms 139 because I think this, I think the reason why we have a hard time giving compliments or uh, uh, giving words of affirmation or even filling them is because we don't think too highly of ourselves. The Bible says to love people as you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself too much, you know, your neighbor's in trouble. Is that right? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to have a strong, healthy love for yourself. God loves you. Somebody say this, God loves me. But you got to believe that. You got to believe he loves you, even with all your mistakes. Even with all your shortcomings. You know, God knew what he was getting when he got you. He knew he was going to get a piece of work. He knew that he was going to get somebody that would have some issues. You're looking at a pastor that has issues. Uh, God works with me, amen? And God is working with you, and he's not through with me. And he's not through with you. I'm going to say this. You are a masterpiece in progress. You are a masterpiece in progress, amen? You're not no Picasso painting, Amen? And you're not all messed up. I mean, God is putting you together. Amen. Amen. And uh, in, in Psalms 139.14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows them very well. So the psalmist here is, is getting a revelation that he is fearfully and wonderfully made. You know you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. You're not a mistake. Amen. God ordained for you to be here. And, and God has called you into being. Amen. So, you, so maybe your parents did not plan you. But God planned you. Amen. 
And so I'm, 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 you know, I'm, my mom would tell me every once in a while because I think I'm the most favorite child in the family, but I'm kind of like John, the, the apostle, John, the apostle would say, I'm the one that Jesus loves the most. So, uh, so I'm going to say I'm the one that mom loves the most, hopefully. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and she would say, you're the only baby that was planned. And I said, wow. So, so like my brother George, it just happened. I don't know how it happened. It just happened. It must have been the water they were drinking. I don't know. But it just happened. And then my brother Joel, he was just a surprise because he was born 13 months after I was born. So it was a real surprise that, that he came along, that my mom was like, whoops, it must, must have been the water again. Amen. But, uh, they, but they planned me. They planned me and they said, we're going to plan a baby. But they planned me as a girl. <laughs> they planned me as a girl. So, so, I, I, so I'm still going through therapy over that. I'm, I'm just, mom, my mom one time dressed me up as a, when I was five years old, put a wig on me, put a dress on me. And I'm still trying to work through that. My, <laughs> she wanted, I guess she was seeing what it would look like if I was a girl. Amen. And uh, amen. They would say that, 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 you know, now, now, nowadays families are doing that for real, you know, which is wrong. My mom just did it for fun. And, uh, and so we got to know who God is. And when we, when we understand that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, then, then, we, we, then when we get our identity in, in, in God's identity, we'll become very confident people. Amen? And confidence is the key to walking in great faith in God. I, I like what it says in Psalms 139, uh, 17 and 18. It says, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand... When I awake, I, I am still with you. Amen? I love that. So I love that because God thinks good thoughts about us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and hope. So God is not thinking bad of you. He's thinking good of you. He has good thoughts for you. And that's the same thing we need to be doing. We need to mimic how God thinks and we need to be thinking good of ourselves and we need to be thinking good of our spouses and we need to be thinking good of people. Amen. The Bible says, love thinks no evil. Somebody say, love thinks no evil. Amen. I love what it says in Jeremiah 29, thir, thir, uh, Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord has appeared of old uh, to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So, so God loves us. with an, He doesn't have a fickle love for us. God is not hot and cold. He's not hot for us one day. And cold for us the next day. God is, he's consistent in his love for us. Regardless how bad we're doing in our walk with him at times. Can I get a witness in the house today? God is still consistent in our love, in his love with us. No matter our performance. Amen. Because it's not our performance. It's our hearts. 
And God is looking at our hearts more than he's looking at our performance or how great we are or how perfect we are. Amen. Jesus didn't die for perfect people, but he died to perfect people. Can I say that again? Jesus didn't die for perfect people, but he died to perfect us. We are in a process of perfection. We are in a process of moving closer to God, becoming more like Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, you're becoming more like Jesus. Amen. Say it with a smile on your face. Amen. Glory to God. Now, I know some of you might have to say it to your spouse by faith. Amen. You become more like Jesus. Amen. And uh, first Peter, (laughs) first Peter two, nine says this. I love this. Amen. Got to say by faith. You becoming more like not you. You're like the devil. Amen. No, don't don't be don't be saying stuff like that. Amen. No, your, your spouse is not like the devil. Amen. Devil is bad. Amen. Jesus is good. But 1 Peter 2, 9, I love this. To get a revelation of God's love for us, God calls us things. You know, God calls us conquerors. He calls us victors. Amen. He calls us new creations. He calls those things that be not as though they were. I like this in 1 Peter 2, 9. He, he says this under the inspiration. Peter's saying this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're his own special people that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are chosen, glory to God. Get a revelation of that. And God has chosen us to bear fruit and that our fruit shall remain. So I'm going to give you some examples of Jesus giving some words of affirmation. Amen. In Matthew 16, 15 through 19, he said to them, this is Jesus, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. So I love this because because, uh, the Father God gave Peter the revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. I love that. And, and, and the Holy Spirit gave each one of you the revelation when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You received the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. And then what did, what did Jesus do? He, he, he gave words of affirmation to Peter. He said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood, that you hear from God. You have a God connection. And upon this revelation that you receive from God, I'm going to build my church on this revelation. What revelation? The revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. And that if Jesus is the Son of God, and that we can evoke His name in the power of binding and loosing. So you can bind any hindrances in your life Through the name of Jesus. And you can loose the power of Jesus in your life through the name of Jesus. 
Just only believe. Say, I believe. So Jesus gave words of affirmation to Peter. We know Peter got a little cocky. and You got to be careful when you get those words of affirmation. Because we know just a couple lines down, Jesus rebuked, or Peter rebuked Jesus. Because Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. And, and Peter said, you can't go to the cross. And of course, you know what Jesus said to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. So he got a little humbled. But anyway, when you are getting uh, uh, words of affirmation or praises, don't let it go to your head. Stay humble. Stay humble. I love this because in, in Luke 7, 18, 28, uh, John the Baptist uh, is the forerunner of Jesus. He was the one that got people water baptized and prepared the people for Jesus's ministry. John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin and John the Baptist got thrown in prison. And so in Luke 7, 8, 28, John the Baptist in his prison uh, got a little downcast. He sometimes when we're under fire, sometimes when we're uh, in a trial or tribulations, sometimes we can get negative. Have you ever gotten negative in a trial? Have you ever gotten downcast in a trial? It, that's what the devil's trying to do is get us negative in the trial. And, and here, I'm not going to read it, but, but, but John's disciples came to Jesus and said to Jesus, Jesus, uh, John asked us if you're the one or should we look for another? Think about that. So, so John was, was, he may have been possibly offended because he was in jail Jesus was doing ministry and he was locked up in, 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 in Herod's jail. And, and, and so what did Jesus do? He immediately started praying for people. He started casting out devils. He started opening the blind eye. He didn't answer them right away. Then he said, tell John what you see. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the gospels preach to the poor. And tell him, blessed are those that are not offended for the gospel's sake. Amen. And this, this is really powerful for, because, because Jesus now says this at the end, uh, verse 28. He says, for I say to you, among those born of women, there is not one greater prophet than John the Baptist. What did, what did he say? He was, he was confirming John's ministry. He was saying that John was one of the greatest prophets ever raised up. Why? Because he was the one that, that, that was the forerunner of Jesus. Amen? But then he said, but, in the, but, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What, is, what did he mean by that? He, what he means by that is those that are born again will be able to do greater works than John the Baptist. Why? Because we can minister and witness to people and get them saved. That's, that's a powerful, powerful thing that we can do because we got, got not God up only upon us, but we got God in us. Somebody say, I have God in me. The hope of glory. Amen. And so, and so number two, acts of service. If you're going to walk in the God kind of love, the powerful key is acts of service. When was the last time you did something nice for somebody? When was the last time that you did something nice for your spouse? Friday, I, I, I did something nice. I, 
I, I cleaned up the house for my spouse. And, you know, she doesn't hardly ever, very rarely I hear compliments because, you know, she does the dishes a lot. But I went ahead and did the dishes, did everything. And when she came in that house, it looked good. I was Mr. Mom on Friday. And she said, you cleaned up. That's her, that's, 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 when, that's, that, that's, that's a compliment. She didn't have to say, you did a great job. The place looks amazing. She just said, you cleaned up. I said, man, that's it. Man, that's all. That's, that's all I needed. You know, I, I, I felt the love. It, it, you know, because she doesn't hardly ever give compliments. She was like, you cleaned up. That was it. That was the compliment that I, I, I like compliments. Amen. And I said, yeah, I did. Amen. And, uh, and so acts of service is a powerful key uh, uh, in, in revealing the love of God. Amen. Uh, as Christians, we're not just only sons and daughters. You're sons and daughters of the Most High, but you're also servants. And we can't forget that, that God's called us to be servants. I love what it says in Matthew. It says, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, Matthew 20, 25 through 28, uh, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Have you ever had a boss that loved to tell you what to do? <laughs> Have you ever had anybody over you that loved to say, why don't you go do this and do that? And they really enjoyed it. Amen. And he said, that's the way worldly people are. They love telling people what to do. Amen. And, uh, but, but he said, but yet it shall not be among you. Jesus said, don't be like the world. He said, this should not be among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just now, I love this. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's powerful. That is so powerful. Because, you know, God, yes, we are sons and daughters of God. But don't forget that God called us to be servants. Somebody said, you know, they they had a visitation. I think it was Jesse DePlanis went to heaven. And, 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 you know, there's the 12 uh, thrones around the, the, the throne room of God, you know, of the elders. And the elders weren't in their thrones. And, and, and uh, Jesse asked, where are they at? And they said, they're out serving. They said, that's what people do in heaven. We serve one another. Wow, that's powerful. And I'm going to say this, serving, is, it, 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 it's a powerful way to reveal that, that God has given you purpose. Amen. See, when you serve, you have purpose. You're doing something to help somebody. You're doing something to bring God closer to somebody. When you're serving, that's, that's, that says that you have purpose. People that don't serve, they don't understand their purpose. Amen. Amen. So, so, the, so I love this. He said, the greatest in the kingdom of God is the one that serves others. I don't know about you, but I want to be great in the kingdom of God. And if I'm going to be great, I need to be a servant. Amen. Uh, Jesus demonstrated his love for humanity by serving humanity through his miracles, through his healings, through his delivering power and through supplying needs for people. My wife is an example. Where is she at? My wife is an example of being a servant. 
you know, it was amazing to me. She said, Dave, uh, Dave, what do you think we should do for Valentine's? I said, uh, you know, for church. And I said, I don't know. We don't normally do anything special. She said, why don't we do something special for Wednesday? It's Valentine's Day. Let's do, let's, let's do a dinner. And I'm thinking, well, if you want to do all the work, you know. <laughs> My wife's a servant. She loves to serve. And she said, get the turkey out. Of course, I did that. I got the turkey out. And uh, don't be a turkey. <laughs> and, and she said, put in, we have a frozen turkey, a big frozen turkey. And, and so I put it in the pan. That was one of my honeydew lists on Friday. And, uh, and so we're dethawing the turkey. She's going to turkey with all the trimmings on, on Wednesday, glory to God. Maybe have some testimonies on how people have met their spouses. Some people might meet their spouses online, glory to God. That's an amazing way to meet somebody, amen? Some people, uh, I, I met my spouse, of course, at church. That's a great way. And uh, some people might have met their spouses at the club. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But that, I don't know if that's the best way, but that has happened. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And then God gets us, gets us together and, and puts his, his glory on us. Amen. But however you meet your spouse, it's amazing way how God brings us together. Amen. And so J- Jesus demonstrated his love. My wife demonstrates her love by helping in any way she can with the church. Amen. Uh, Jesus illustrated his love for mankind right before he went to the cross. Remember Jesus, he washed the disciples' feet and he washed their feet. He did a servant's task. One of the lowliest tasks that you can do as a servant, he washed the king of kings. Think about this. The king of kings knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. And he said this, he said, you may not understand what I'm doing now, but he said that, that, that what you see me do, he said, there's going to be a time where you're going to need to wash each other's feet. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have a foot washing next Sunday. Glory to God. Amen. Some churches have foot washings. You know, you, you wash the people's feet of people that you feel like that you have offended. Amen. And so it's a very humbling thing to wash their feet, to, to humble yourselves before them. Humility is, is a key. To walking in the love of God. Number three, uh, a key to walking in, the, the, a powerful key to walking in God's love is giving gifts. Amen? Uh, uh, giving gifts is a great way to open people's hearts to even the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving gifts. Amen? Jesus, uh, God's gift to us is Jesus. Have you ever thought about that? In John three sixteen. Uh, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus is God's gift to us. Jesus is eternal life. And so that's a wonderful gift. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' gift to us and the world. Because if it wasn't the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even be drawn to Jesus. And so I love that because Jesus said in John 16, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. If it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. Notice Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's powerful. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father 
and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of the world has been judged. So we see here the Holy Spirit is given to us as a gift by God, uh, by Jesus. Amen. And I love that. And then I love this, that 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 Jesus or the father gives gives the church the fivefold ministry. I love that. So 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 I'm part of a fivefold ministry. I'm a pastor. So I'm a gift to you. Amen. And I love that. And in Ephesians 4, 7, 8, it says, But to each one of us a grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So, so he gave gifts to men. And in Ephesians 4, 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles. That's people that are missionaries that raises up churches. Some prophets, that, that's people that's speaking a now word, that what God is saying to this generation. Some evangelists, there are people that are getting people saved. That, there are, that, that, that their main thrust of their ministry, like a Billy Graham. Uh, uh, some pastors and teachers uh, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so God has given us gifts, these gifts, pastors, teachers, apostles, uh, uh, evangelists, and prophets to build us up. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, so we need to be like God. We need to be giving gifts. Amen? Uh, when I think about gifts, I think about uh, this lady that gave an outstanding gift to Jesus. I, I think about this in Matthew 26, 6 through 13. It says, when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon, the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask, a very costly, fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head and he sat at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but, uh, but me, you do, not always, but you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did this for my burial. Surely I say to you, whenever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. That's powerful. So we're talking 2,000 years ago, this happened, and I'm preaching about it this morning. This is saying that God and Jesus was blown away by this extravagant gift that this lady gave Jesus. She gave her, uh, gave uh, probably her, her most valuable possession, this fragrant oil that was valued. Uh, when was the last time you wooed God with a gift? When was the last time you gave an extravagant gift to the Lord? Amen. And I'm telling you, God can be wooed by our gifts of, of sacrifice to him. Amen. And, and when was the last time that you wooed your spouse with a gift? Amen. I'm going to say this. I love giving gifts. Why? I love surprises. How many people like a surprise? How many people like to be surprised? How many people like to surprise people? 
Amen. And I love just to do something out of the ordinary, not just for a birthday, not just for, uh, you know, uh, a Valentine's. Those are expected gifts. But do, do you ever just do anything out of the ordinary just to bless somebody? Do you ever just do anything out of the ordinary just to be a blessing? I want to encourage you to start doing some gift giving out of the ordinary. Do something special for a neighbor or for a friend or, or, or for somebody you don't even know. I remember I was at Food Lion and I was watching some videos on Todd White. And Todd White likes to pay for people's groceries. And I got inspired. And there was this guy that was at the, at the, in line and I had a debit card and he was putting his grocery in there. And I said, I'm going to pull Todd White this morning. And I went over there and I sliced my card. You know, I said, nope, he can't pay for it. And I paid for it. And, and it almost brought this guy to tears. He said, I barely had any money to buy the groceries. And he, and he looked at me like I was Jesus. I felt so good spending $20, $25 on groceries. It wasn't that big a deal to me, but it was a big deal to him. Amen. And I remember him getting in the car and I was coming out from my groceries and he just waved to me, you know, and looked at me like I was amazing. I'm not amazing. God is amazing. See, the only good that we can do is the good that God is, puts in us. If it wasn't God being good to me, I can't be good to anybody else. And when I recognize God's goodness for me, I have to be good to somebody. It compels me to be good to somebody. Why? It's people that aren't good to other people. They don't realize the goodness that God has for them. And they don't realize how good they have it. I'm going to say this to you this morning. No matter how bad it gets, you are in a good place with God. No matter if your relationship is with God, you're serving God. No matter where you're at in your finances, no matter where you're at in your health, God's love is for you today. God is for you. And His goodness is going to transcend through you to other people. You believe that? Amen. Amen. And the number four quality of, of the God kind of love is quality time. Quality time. Somebody say quality time. We need to give quality time, and I need to work on this myself, to our spouse, to our family, to our friends. Quality time is a powerful way of showing and demonstrating God's love. Just taking the time out just to say hi to somebody. Taking the time out to spend time with your spouse to talk to them how their day is going. Ask them, how, how, how was your day? Did you have a good day? And sometimes you may not feel like listening to them. But act like you're interested anyway. Act like that they're in the, when they're talking, just act like they're the most important person in the world. Even if you're hungry and you want to get something to eat. Amen. Make, make them the most focal point and, 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 and have all ears and don't cut them off. I'm trying to help some of you. I'm trying to keep some of these marriages going. Amen. And, and you have to learn. Us guys have to learn to listen. Us guys can be terrible listeners. I'm, I'm talking about us guys. Ladies love to communicate. Preach, pastor. Ladies love to communicate. And us men, that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. 
Two ears to listen. We need to listen twice as much than we speak. Can I get a witness in the house today? I'm trying to help some of you out today. Amen. Make whenever a person's speaking to you, don't be looking around. Don't be looking on your phone. Make them the most important thing of your life. Amen. Glory to God. Like you do for me when you're when I'm up here. You're not just looking at your watch. Glory to God. And so we need to be careful that we're not selfish with our time, that we're allowing time. And Jesus allowed time for 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 disturbances in his ministry. He allowed people to when he was on a schedule, he allowed people to break his schedule. Amen. Jesus spent time with his disciples over three years, learning to be with them, understanding their needs and their wants. Jesus spent time because he was pouring into them. Glory to God. And Jesus spent also time fellowshipping with the father. My question to you, are you spending daily time with God? Or do you have a devotion time? Are you reading your word? Are you praising God every day? Are you setting your day up for victory? Because if you don't set your day up with the word and prayer, then you're setting your day up for failure. See, a, 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 a bad day is a day that we miss in prayer and, and the word. And, and, and if you miss prayer and the word, the devil's going to work against you. Is that right? He's going to try to bring confusion. He's going to try to cause all kinds of problems. So I want to encourage you, spend time with God. There's a song by Larnell Harris, and, and, and the title of it, I Miss My Time With You. Those moments together. I miss my time when you used to spend time worshiping and praying. Remember those days? And we, and we need to get, if you're, if you're not there, get back to it. Glory to God. Jesus spent time uh, at times all night praying uh, uh, with the Lord. In Luke 6, 12, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. That's powerful. The reason he prayed all night, because the next day he was to choose his disciples. So he needed to get God's wisdom and revelation in his relationships with the people he was going to connect with. And I'm going to say this. If Jesus needed to pray about the connections that he was going to make with people, you need to pray for the connections. Amen. Amen? That you're going to meet that day because God's going to connect you with some people through the days that you're going to be able to influence in a powerful way. And they may influence you. In a powerful way. Can I get a witness in the house today? Jesus would also pray early in the morning. I want to encourage you, and I said this before, that if you start your day off prayer, and Jesus would pray before sun up. Amen? It, it, it says here that, uh, uh, that now in the morning, Mark one thirty five. now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight. Wow, Jesus was really passionate. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He prayed uh, in a solitary before the sun went up. Jesus understood the importance of relationship with his heavenly Father. And I'm going to say this, Jesus' ministry of prayer is still going today. He is still praying in heaven for the church. 
Jesus has not stopped praying. And I'm going to say this. Don't ever stop praying regardless of what the circumstances look like. It may not look like anything's happening, but pray without ceasing. Amen. The fifth key and the final key this morning is physical touch. I know when COVID hit, it was all like air hugs. I'm going to give you an air hug. And you stand five feet away from people. Air hug. And you know what? That's not physical touch, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so, and so when, when COVID came, people like now, you know, maybe a fist bump. You don't shake hands anymore. It's a fist bump, right? A fist bump. And, and do it real fast. Because you don't want those germs getting on your hand, right? A fist bump, pull it back, right? And so, and so, and so, and so, and so nowadays, nobody wants to touch anybody. Have you ever thought about that? Why? You might get germs. Amen. I'm going to say this. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than the germs you can get from somebody else. Can I get a witness in the house today? The, The blood of Jesus is more powerful than the germs that you can catch from somebody else. Amen. And so a physical touch is another crucial way of demonstrating God's love to others. When was the last time you held your spouse's hand? Amen. Are you holding their hand right now? Okay. When was the last time you gave your spouse a kiss or a hug? Not because you wanted something special from them. You know what I'm talking? You're trying to set them up for something special. Don't be kissing them for something special that you want to get at the end, guys. When was the last time you gave them a sincere kiss and not, not have anything attached to that sincere kiss? Amen? When was the last time you held hands? When was the last time you hugged your children? When was the last time you gave somebody an embrace? Glory to God. I love the meet and greet at Exceed Life Church. I love meeting and, and hugging and embracing one another. That's showing our love for one another. Amen. Amen. We'll never stop doing the meet and greet. Amen. Why? I believe it's, a, it's an important part of, of the church. Amen. We are a love church. We are a relational church. Amen. And we'll never stop being relational. Can I get a a witness in the house today? A touch is a tremendous way in showing love to others. Jesus wasn't afraid to touch people, to release his healing power through his hands. Amen? Look at your hands today. Those hands, your hands are healing hands. Jesus has invested his power in your hands. you believe that today? I love this in Matthew 8, 1 and 3. When he came down from the mountain... Great, talking about Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Notice Jesus, see, see the leopards were, they were segregated. They, they, were, they were in their own colonies. They could not mix with the regular people. They weren't allowed to be with the regular people. But Jesus actually touched that leper. Amen. And I'm telling you, that leper may have been, hadn't been touched in months, possibly years for how long he had the disease. And Jesus touched him and healed his leprosy. I'm telling you, a touch can heal somebody. Glory to God. I love it in Matthew 8, 14, 15. When Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he, Jesus, touched her hand and the fever left her. 
and she aroused and served them. Jesus touched her hand. The power of Jesus went through him into her and destroyed that, that uh, sickness, that fever from her. Amen? You know, Jesus actually commands us to touch people. Mm, I'm preaching this morning. Jesus commands us to touch people. In Mark 16, 15 through 18, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So right there, getting people water baptized, you got to have somebody baptizing them. Amen. So that's touching people. Would you say that's touching people in baptism? I baptized a few of you, glory to God. In the church, glory to God. And I had to, you know, I had to touch you to baptize you. I didn't just let you drop. <laughs> glory to God. Let you just, bam. Get up. No, no, I helped you down and I brought you back up. Amen. That's what a church would do. I just don't let, now I remember I was, I was an usher one time. And uh, uh, back at Rama, back at the mega church back in Oklahoma, and there was this real big guy. I mean, he was like, like over six foot tall. And, and the preacher prayed for him. And he came down and he was so big, I just let him go. And he bounced. Bam! And I remember, I remember at the end of the service, my, my, my captain, they had captains over the ushers. He said, why did you let that guy bounce? I said, I didn't want to get hurt. I said, I, I was looking out for me. He yelled at me. I almost, I almost quit ushering that day. Amen. Amen. But I got, I, I got fearful. I was young in my walk with God. And, I just, and, and God took care of the guy. The guy didn't break his neck or anything. The guy still got up. He wasn't in traction. Amen. Why? If the Holy Spirit knocks you down, he will take care of you. I still remember that guy bouncing. Bam. Glory to God. Amen. God is good. That's why we have catchers in Exceed Life Church. We want to make sure. Sometimes we use chairs. Glory to God. Is that right? Amen. To help people. Glory to God. And so, and so it says here that these signs will follow them. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will no means hurt them. That means if your wife's cooking's not too good. No, we'll continue. <laughs> they will lay hands on the sick. Amen. And they will recover. So you can't get people healed. Well, you can. You can speak a word. But, but the primary way of healing people is laying hands on them. Is that right? I remember that I prayed for a lady that had an incurable uh, uh, skin disease. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I laid hands on her and prayed for her. And, and she got healed. She went to the doctor and that skin disease started shrinking and the doctors were amazed. And so God wants us laying hands on people. They're, why? There's power in your hands. There's power in the touch. Amen? So, so if we're going to walk like God and if we're going to demonstrate his, his, his love, we need to continue to do these five expressions of love. Let me summarize. We need to give words of affirmation. A kind word of encouragement goes a long way. We need to give an act of service to someone. Having a servant mentality is, is the way to the kingdom of God for greatness. Surprise someone and give a gift. Gift giving opens people's hearts to love. Number four, giving quality time to people reveals that people are important to you. This demonstrates God's love to them. And a touch 
some today with a hug or a pat will, will, will cause them to move higher in their love walk with God. I'm telling you, if you practice these keys, you'll never be far from walking in the God kind of love. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness this morning. I thank you, Father God, that as we practice these keys of love, Father God, we'll bring people closer to you. Father God, we will expand the kingdom of God and we'll be love creatures of a love creator. And I thank you for blessing every person today at the sound of my voice, watching me or listening to me. Maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And you can call out the name of Jesus today. The Bible says call on the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. So I just want to encourage you to pray this simple prayer and mean your heart if you're ready to put Jesus on the throne of your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus, you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.